you can literally get a man faster to your house than you can get a pizza. <laughs> I wish I was joking. Three, two, one, zero. They say the girls have more fun, but they never met the boys. This is Boy Talk. Boy Talk. This is Boy Talk. Welcome back, bitches. I hope everyone had a fantastic couple weeks. I know I went MIA. I literally... Uh, my life is a mess as always, but what happened this time was actually I was getting stuff done for the podcast. I had to switch over to a different host. So basically, when you have a podcast, you upload your stuff to like this host person place thing and they distribute it out. And the one I was using was working and it was fine or whatever and I enjoyed it. But I switched to one that has more of an emphasis on helping you monetize your show. And as you all know here at Boy Talk, I'm doing this out of my apartment in New York City. I make zero money on it. I actually pay more money to produce this show than I've ever made from it like because I've made zero dollars. And I spend money to get this show ready and ready for you all. And I spend time, which is invaluable, of course, because, you know, it's my time. But yeah, it's literally not making me any money. So I'm trying to monetize some way, somehow, some shape or form. And we are going to get money somehow <laughs> one day. But until then, y'all, I'm just making it work. And we are having a good time. But yeah, so that's what happened last week. And I have to allot a certain amount of times to, like, making content in my life. Like, I am in school. I work a full-time job, etc. Life is busy, so... I used up the time I have for the podcast last week on switching over to host sites. So sorry about last week, but I'm back with a new episode. And speaking of this, this episode is coming in late to you all because if you saw on my Instagram, I had an issue with the audio. And that's another reality of making content like no one tells you about. This shit's hard. And like you can do everything right. And then your technology fails you. Like yesterday, I did everything right to have the podcast on time for you all. And my audio just stopped recording. Like, I recorded this entire show once already. Like, this is second take of it because my audio crapped out. So here we are again. Is what it is. We're going for it. Quick life updates, not to spend too much time on this. Spotify listeners, I love you all so much. First off, I love all of you who listen. Wherever you're listening from, you have a special place in my heart. I do. I do love you. But my Spotify listeners, y'all are OGs. You guys have been supporting the podcast so well, so hard that Spotify started organically sharing the podcast out. So what does that mean? So if something gets organically shared on social media or whatever, it means that it's performing so well that platforms push it forward to see more people to it, like to try to get more people to go and watch or participate with the content versus someone who pays to get their stuff promoted. So there's like organic reach and then there's promotional reach. I'm broke. I don't have money. I can't afford to promote this show like with, at money i barely have enough to get my groceries half the time so what happened is spotify has now organically been pushing my show to new people and a ton of you i mean thousands of you are now listening on spotify we're literally just shy of 10k listeners on spotify alone who are subscribed we surpassed thirty-five thousand of just listeners but ten thousand of you have almost subscribed and because you guys are subscribing liking the podcast downloading the episodes it's getting pushed out. So we're getting more people to the show, which is really what I want because these messages need to get out for the LGBTQ community. You know my little high horse, my spiel, my shameless plugs. But if you do find my podcast, please DM me on Instagram. Like if you're new because you just got it on a streaming site, DM me. It means the world to me. Like I literally smile so hard. I cheese. I take screenshots. I save all the messages because it literally is what reminds me why I'm doing what I do with the social media stuff. Like 
I didn't expect to ever be a content creator. It wasn't my life passion or dream. It just happened. And when I get those messages about how important this stuff is and just hearing those sweet little like thank yous, it means the world to me when you guys send me those messages. It really does make my whole day. Like it lights up my eyes and I just get so excited. So thank you for reaching out and showing me that you're new and being excited and sharing the podcast out. It literally does mean everything. Next with Instagram, y'all. I hit 10K on Instagram. I know, crazy. Like, I never expected that. But it's funny because, like, Instagram is a girl boss gatekeeper. (laughs) So if you don't know about Instagram, at 10K, you unlock special creator features. So, like, TikTok kind of does that where you can't go live if you hit 1K. But Instagram, like, you have to hit 10K to be able to do certain things. But the big one is the swipe up, you guys, with your stories where you can, like, link something through your story and tell people to swipe up. And one of my, like, petty little childhood dreams was be able to say, swipe up, you guys, because, like, (laughs) when I was in high school, Kylie Jenner, like, blew up. That's when she started to have her moment. And... I just remember watching her and she would always say like swipe up you guys and I just wanted to be able to do that. So I made like a joke about how like I'm going to delete everything now like I've fulfilled my social media fantasies because now I can say swipe up you guys. But I did want to say thank you guys for following me on Instagram. It's the best way to keep up with me. Best way to keep up with the show is by following my Instagram. If you're not following it's O-Cody, O-H-H-K-O-D-Y. Can't miss me. I'm on everything under that platform. And then the podcast has its own Instagram and it's at boytalk underscore podcast. But if you just go to Ocody first, it's right in my bio. Super easy to find it. But if you can give those a follow, it's the best way to keep up with me and the podcast and what's going on. Next, TikTok, y'all. If you found me on TikTok, which is where this whole shebang started, I have about a half a million followers on there and I haven't been posting. And the reason why is I was very close to getting banned on TikTok. I got a couple of suspensions and I got warnings because TikTok is getting more strict. They want less of the, you know, adult content. So I'm trying to strategically wait it out. So I haven't really been posting a lot. I used to post two to three videos a day. Now I'm like doing two to three a week. And I'm just kind of sitting back and watching and seeing how people are creating in the same niche that I'm in without getting in trouble because I don't want my account to get banned. So I'm already in better like graces with TikTok. I don't think I'm on the edge of being banned anymore, but it's still um, it's still up in the air. So we're gonna keep playing strategically with TikTok. And then I just also wanted to finally remind you last life update here. I got a DM about my OnlyFans. Just to remind you all, that got deleted, not on there anymore. If you want the juicy details, last episode I go in detail about it. I also released a TikTok about it. Um, I guess I could answer a DM about it if you choose to message me, but yeah, it's not a thing anymore. It is gone. It's officially over. So I had my fun. I made my money, all that good stuff, but we're no longer on OnlyFans. So moving into this week's episode, but before we get in, you know, if you're a regular shameless plug, hi, I need you guys to please follow the podcast, like the podcast, subscribe to it, share with your friends, tag me on social media when you share it out. I don't make money off this. I have zero sponsorship for this podcast. And literally the only reason why we're getting charted, we're getting organically pushed, we're reaching more people, we're getting to the right people is because of the work you guys are doing. Spotify is a great example of how much power you all have on getting this content out. So the more you guys interact, the better the show gets out, the more people who need to hear these messages can hear them. So thank you so much. I love you guys. I literally owe you everything. And let's get into this week's episode. Ugh. I'm so excited for this one. So, ordering men like pizza. 
Am I objectifying men? Maybe a little. Maybe a little. So what does it mean to order a man like a pizza? Like, what the hell am I talking about? Well, let's jump into it. We know that LGBTQ culture is very uh, into that hookup scene, right? There's a lot of uh, random sex happening. It's it's just it's just well known. It's no secret. We're all pretty much aware of this. I mean, if you're not LGBTQ and you listen, because I do have you know some parents who listen or some friends of LGBTQ people who enjoy the podcast. I'm telling you right now, it's super hypersexual. There's a lot of sex going on. There's a lot of hookups. There's a lot of, you know, intimacy between people who barely know each other happening. It's just commonplace. It's part of the culture. It happens. If you are LGBTQ, specifically if you're like me, a male who identifies as gay, you know that hookup culture is happening. Like, eh, no brainer. Like, you probably either hooked up with someone this week or last week, or you might have just hooked up with someone and now listened to the podcast on your way home from hooking up with someone. It's just part of the lifestyle, right? But why is that? How did we get to the point where I can get a man to my house quicker than I can get a pizza? Crazy. Well, <laughs> my little theory, the little little brain cells in my head that are working, they say that it has something to do with dating apps. Specifically one that starts with a G and is commonly placed in your kitchen. I'm talking about grinder, y'all. Like I'm not even going to try to sit here and act like I'm not. I'm talking about grinder. And so grinder has really <laughs> really done a number on our community, good and bad. And I think that that's, you know, boy talk perspective. That's what we do here. We're going to examine this from the good, the bad, the ugly, and everything else that can happen on the whole grinder scene. <laughs> and so if we're going to talk about grinder, we're going to talk about the basics first, because some of you may not have ever been on grinder, which like, if you haven't been on grinder, I'm honestly envious. <laughs> uh, yeah. Mm. Yeah, I'm envious a little because, you know, I've had some good moments. I've had some good fun. I've had I've had my my time around the block. Y'all know I'm not here to shame hookups. Uh, my body count 50s obviously must be doing hookups because I've dated five men. Yeah, I've had five real relationships with titles, tons of situationships, lots of hookups. So I'm obviously a fan slash user of Grindr, but I'm also a hater of Grindr. <laughs> I'm living on both sides of the spectrum, and I think that that is the reality of the app. It has good and bad. So Grindr, what is it? It's a dating app. Dating app. Meaning, <laughs> it's a way for people to connect. It's specifically for LGBTQ people, specifically even going further. It was originally designed for gay men. Now, there are other people who utilize the app. There are couples that utilize the app. There are obviously all types of people who identify in the LGBTQ community that use the app. But it was originally made for gay people to utilize. What is the app itself? Well, it's like any other app. You download it in the app store. And the first thing it's going to have you do is it's going to ask you to sign up for an account. You can either get in with a basic email. Or you can use your Facebook if you're like brave and out. And like totally okay with like Facebook sharing info to Grindr. Um, or you can just literally, like I said, raw dog with an email. So you set up your profile and the first thing it wants you to do is put in a picture. Like that is the first prompt when you get there is like put a picture in. <laughs> so 
Most people don't do that. Yeah, crazy. It's like the first prompt put as a picture. And most people don't. Why? We'll get into it. But so you put a picture in, or you don't. And then it asks you for like your age. And so then you put your age. And that is all that is required to start your account. They don't ask anything else from there. That's the requirement. Once you get onto the app, the first page that loads is a page of all of the profiles that are in the near vicinity to you. So how the app functions is it's location-based. It shows you literally if someone is in walking distance to you. I mean, to down to like the last foot. If you're like me who lives in a city and I'm in an apartment building and there are definitely other gay people who live here, some people are like 12 feet away from me where others are like 100 feet and then so on and so forth until you hit every account that is in that nearby vicinity. And they only show you so many at a time too. But that's the first page you see. Then you can maneuver to your profile and you can set it up deeper. And that's where things get a little interesting, right? So this app is not like Tinder <laughs> where you have like a bio and you talk about yourself and you put your little Spotify on and your top artist and all that good stuff. Like you get to help someone learn about you. No, this app is like strategically ordering a pizza. In the sense of like, when you go to order your pizza, you can do it on an app now, and that's what's really cool, or you can call. But long story short, you order your pizza and you go, I want a large pizza. I want extra pepperoni on it. I want cheese and sauce. I want the garlic butter crust. And I want it here in 30 minutes. And you know, your pizza shows up. Imagine that, but for a grinder. And you're trying to get men. Literally, that's how it works. It's like you're ordering a pizza. And so when you're setting up your profile, they make you set it up like you're a fucking pizza. <laughs> so they'll ask you, what's your height? What's your weight? What's your ethnicity? What's your position? Are you top, bottom, or verse? Literally questioning every aspect of who you are. Because the way that people use the app is they want to find someone that they are interested in being intimate with. And so they're asking you all of these questions to help people connect with the kind of people that they would end up having intercourse with. And that's what makes it so different from like Tinder. And so the questions continue. They'll ask you like, what's your status with HIV? They'll ask, when's the last time you tested? They'll ask you what you're looking for. And the options are only like chatting, friends, dating, fun, or networking. And they'll ask like where you're willing to meet someone, your place, my place, coffee shop, restaurant, or bar. And Literally, just from those questions, you can tell how directly this app is trying to be used for, for hookups. Like, there's no hiding it. Like, the app is 100% helping you order sex. Like, that's what it comes down to. Like, it's what's happening. It's like ordering a pizza, but it's a human. And it's crazy. But that's, that's your profile, and you set it up. There's a space for you to put a bio. Most people don't use it, but some people do. Um... And you can put just about anything there. And people, they put just about anything there. Um, and it gets a little interesting because people will put things like seeking extra long eggplant emoji. <laughs> or they'll be like hungry peach emoji looking for eggplant emoji. Or they'll put like an arrow up saying only looking for arrow down. Or they'll put like I'm five drinks deep. Come over and literally pound me. And it's just like 
craziness. It's insanity. It's wild. It's a fun time. It's a hoot. It's a holler. Even if you're not looking to hook up, just going on to the site is exciting and fun. You never know what you're going to see. Like, you just never know. It's always a surprise. It's like, what am I going to see today on this application, right? And then you also have a username. So a lot of people, <laughs> they'll like either just put like their first initial, which is like, I'm a serial first initial person on Grinder. But at this point, anytime I make a Grinder, the first like 10 messages I get are, oh my God, is this Cody? And I'm like, yes, it, I, it's really me. I know. Like how do I, people always assume it's a catfish at this point. And I'm like, no, like it's, it's actually me. I know. Embarrassing. Yikes. I'm back here. I'm back. I'm back on the good old Grinder figuring it out. But yeah, so people will put like their first initial to kind of keep that anonymity or anonymity and I can't say this word. I've never been able to say this word, but anonymousness, the ability to remain anonymous, that word, that one right there, that word, they try to keep that on there. So they'll put like their first initial or they'll put like a fake name or they'll do like, you know, a pseudo name where it's like Big Daddy 105 or Hungry Twink 72, <laughs> just something to try to not let you know who they really are. And yeah, that's the profile. That's the setup. And that's, that's how you make your profile. And I hope that helps someone. And if you've never been on Grindr, yeah, it feels like a lot. It is. It is. It's a lot. <laughs> but yeah, so that's setting up your profile. So let's talk about the culture. Let's talk about what goes on on this application, right? So I mentioned earlier that like people don't normally put a photo, right? That's going back to people wanting to stay anonymous. The ones who do put a photo, they stay anonymous by only showing their washboard abs or their jacked arms in big like bicep tricep area or they show off like their chest and be like muscle daddy looking for boy like just <laughs> just the craziestness and if it's not a full body picture it's normally then just like a picture where you can't see their face of some sort you get a lot of the mirror pics where they're like in like shorts or a bathing suit, or they put an emoji over their face. And there is a small handful of people who will show their face. Like, when I go on there, I just pick, like, my favorite Instagram picture of, like, the month. And that's what I'll put on. Because, like, I'm obviously gay. I'm very openly gay at this point. There's no hiding it. So, like, if you go on Grinder and you see me, you're not going to be like, Oh, Cody's on Grinder. Like, no, yeah, Cody's on Grinder. We're all aware. Um... But yeah, a very small select few people do that. But you can put up to six photos if you like. I normally put only one to three. Um, sometimes I'll put six if I'm going to plan to be on Grinder longer. Like when I first moved to the city, I decided to be on Grinder for the sense of literally networking, like just trying to like make friends because it was the pandemic and I wasn't able to go places. So I was just kind of doing virtual friendships and all that fun stuff. So that was nice to meet some community members or whatever that way. Of course, a lot of them sent me unsolicited nudes and <laughs> we're trying to hook up. And I was like, I appreciate that you think I'm attractive, but I am actually really just looking for friends. But yeah, so people try to be anonymous in a lot of ways and they don't really put pictures. And that's kind of the culture. The culture gets a little deeper because this app is so hookup based, right? And so people on there aren't going to try to just chat you about your day. And that's just the way the app works. Like, 
These people aren't being overtly forward. They are just literally doing what the app does for them, which is they are looking for quick hookups. So they might not even ask you for a photo yet. They might not even care to know your name. They're just going to send you pictures of their entire body, and I mean explicit included, and they're going to be like, can I see more of you? And they're going to expect you to send that back. And then they're going to let you know if they want to hook up with you or not. And that pretty much summarizes like how most people's mindset on the app is. And obviously there's going to be some people who are different. Like example with me, I don't send explicit content out like that. So like when someone sends me something and will be like, send back, I'm always like, I don't send that stuff. Like I have suggestive photos of me in like shorts or like me shirtless or me in like boxers, but I don't send out full on nudes on Grindr. Um, I mean, I literally had an OnlyFans. People used to pay to see that baby. Like you're not getting it for free on this app. <laughs> no, no, seriously though. I, even before I had an OnlyFans, I just didn't. It just wasn't my personal preference. And like, that's totally okay. You just have to be strong enough to set those boundaries because the cultural norm on Grinder is like, you just send pics and they send back. And like, that is like just how people operate on there. You will have some people who will talk to you about like life and they might ask your name and they might ask to actually go get coffee first or a date. And I've had followers actually tell me that they've met their significant other through Grinder. I actually had someone recently DM me and tell me that they got married to someone they met on Grinder. Like, absolutely bonkers that you can do that from Grinder, in my view. But that's that's something that's happening. Um, people are actually dating on Grinder, so it's not all doom and gloom. But yeah, it's the culture is about hookups. It's about like being with one another, and it's about quick, easy hookups. Like I said, you can get a guy to your house faster than you can get a pizza. Like. And if you're like me, a quick story time, you'll get men who will literally buy you an Uber to meet them, which I have taken too many Ubers through Grinder. I don't know how I haven't got myself hurt or kidnapped or all that stuff. I'm very lucky. I've made a lot of very dumb choices in my life. But yeah, some guys will literally just call an Uber for you. Like I remember one time in the city, this guy was here visiting and I was on Grinder and I was like, I don't really want to go out. It's like late. It was like 1.30 at night. I didn't want to take the train. I also was just kind of tired. I was trying to just chill at home. Just looking for some quick validation on Grinder. And he's like, I will literally send you an Uber right now to come hang out with me in this hotel. And I was like, okay, I mean, sure. If you want to send me an Uber, like I'll totally come out to your hotel. And yeah, you know, I did that. And you know what? I would probably do it again for the right man. <laughs> but yeah, no, I took an Uber. And like, it doesn't mean it's like, it's crazy how this app has made it so easy and simple to hook up in that sense. So what are the pros of easy hookups and all this stuff? Well, there's actually a couple in my opinion. So first off, this app is really great if you are questioning your sexuality. So for my people who don't know, for the ones who are trying to figure it out, a lot of curious or discreet guys utilize Grindr because they aren't comfortable with being out yet and they're trying to figure it out. So like they will make a Grindr account, 
They might flirt with you for a little bit. They might send pictures. They might ask for photos. They might even hook up with you. But that's how they're using it as this is my experiment. Like this is how I figure out who I am and if this is something I actually like or not. Which is really important when you're trying to self-discover is to have the ability to experiment. You know at Boy Talk, I preach it all the time. Experimenting is great. It's normal. Everyone should do it. I mean, some people just know, like, that's great. And if you just knew you were gay or you just knew you were straight, cool, great, whatever. But I am pro-experimenting. I think that it's important to try and figure it out, etc. Another pro of utilizing Grindr is, like, if you're like me, and I was from a small town, it's hard to meet gay people. Especially when you're not 21 and you can't get into bars because... Besides that, you might be the only out gay person or the only gay person you know. Like, in my high school, there were a few other gay guys, but, like, I was the only out one for a while. And even in college, like, there was a small community of gay people, but there wasn't that many. So Grindr was nice because you actually got to see your local gays. Like, any of the LGBTQ men who were on that app who were near you in that vicinity would show up which like yeah tinder you can set your your like distance closer so you only get people who are actually like in a 20 mile radius but like grinder's gonna tell you like which one of your neighbors is gay like but i mean they're gonna tell you who in your neighborhood likes men you're gonna find them on grinder and so that's a perk if you're like me or like i was just trying to find other gay people to talk to to ask questions, to interact with, etc., etc. Like I remember when I was on Grinder when I was like 18, you know, probably younger, which don't tell Grinder, they'll ban me, but probably younger. Um shouldn't be big thing, pause, let's just talk about that. Should not be on Grinder under the age of 18. Definitely do not recommend it. It's obviously not supposed to happen. I might have been able to break that rule because I was stupid and young and had no one who knew what was going on. Like, my mom didn't know my iPod Touch connected to the internet like that, and I could download a dating app. So, like, dumb me without someone knowing that I had that power was on there. If you're under the age of 18, should not be on Grindr. Definitely wait till you're 18. It's literally a rule for a reason, etc., etc. Can't stress that enough. But, yeah, it helped me in the sense of I connected to people who I could ask questions. And that really helped me because I didn't have Boy Talk podcast to go and listen to. And I didn't have like a mentor or a family friend or anyone to talk to. And so it was helpful to have somewhere I could go and get like questions answered and to chat about like the feelings I was having and not feel like I was an idiot or weird or alone or whatever. But there are way better ways now. Luckily, the internet has completely changed. And like I said, Definitely should not be on there if you're under the age of 18. You're not allowed to be. That's literally like, don't do it. 10 out of 10, do not do it. Like, we do not support going on that app underage at all. At all. Please don't. And if you're a parent listening, block it on your kid's phone. <laughs> Sorry, kids. I'm going to totally ratchet you up. If you're a parent listening to this podcast, block Grinder. For sure, go into the app store and block it. Your child does not need to be on there until they are 18. When they are 18, then go ahead and let them get a grinder. But if they are not the age of 18, block it. <laughs> Other pros of grinder. I think I think those are the only two I can think of. <laughs> I don't know. Um, 
yeah, you know, I'm really drawing a blank there about other pros to it. It's really just convenient if you're not out and you're trying to experiment or if you're a younger gay, like 18 to 22, or you're newer gay, like you just came out, it's a great place to connect with your community. And I think that's the only perks I could really give that app. I think that those are those are stretches a little too. But those are those are the perks. Those are the pros. Those are what that's what makes Grinder worth it. Let's talk about the cons. Let's get into that. Let's have a little conversation. Um, I'm gonna just re-remind everyone here. I am not here to shame anybody. I am totally pro hookup. If that's what you want to do, do it safe. Do it responsibly. Communicate that with your partners. Let them know it's not serious. If you're doing hookups and you're doing hookup culture right, live your best life, baby. I am here to support you. I love you. I see you. You're out there doing it. I will literally tell you, bestie, go get it. Give you a pat on the back. See you to the door. I'll ask you how it went when you come home. I want to hear the details. But like at the end of the day, like hookup culture can be very negative. So let's just be real about it. It can. Someone who has participated in hookup culture and has lived that life, it definitely had negative implications on me. 100% hurt my self-worth, 100% made me feel all types of ways, and that happens. And that's part of hookup culture. Like, if you're going to participate, you might end up facing some consequences in lots of different ways. For me, it was emotional damage. Like, at 100% messed me up a little and like that's just the truth of it for me the experience did leave some scars and like that's just the reality but because i was on grinder and i was surrounded by people who were normalizing hookups i thought it was normal and i i wanted to be part of it and i consensually was part of it and i had my fun i got some great stories out of that and i got some great connections and there's positives but i also got i also got some trauma i also got some damage i also got some self-worth issues like and that's 100% a con because the app normalizes hookups. So like the negative implications of hooking up come with the app because the app is based on connecting people for hookups. Another negative of the application, and this is where we're going to get real and we're going to be honest. We're going to all self-reflect about it because if you feel called out, then like this is a real moment for you. There are a lot of fat phobic, transphobic hateful discriminatory people who are racist and bigots to be quite frank on the application cancel me if you want to for saying it but i will be the person who says it there is lots and lots of toxic people utilizing that application so before i even go into their examples of their toxicity around these terrible things that they do on this app let's talk about first preferences okay so having a preference is like, example this, I'm a bottom, okay? I prefer dating tops and verses because I'm a bottom. So my preference is to date someone who's a top and a verse. I know that there are some bottoms who will date other bottoms and they'll either invite a third person in or they'll use toys or like they just sacrifice having the intimacy the way they want to, to be with each other, whatever your situation looks like, whatever you're comfortable with. Cool. Great. But my preference is that like my partner needs to be a top or verse because I'm a bottom and I am not going to give up being a bottom. And for my preferences, I need to have someone who wants to, you know, rail me to be quite frank. <laughs> so long story short, that's a preference. And that's a fair preference. That's a justifiable preference. That's a preference that I think everyone can get behind. 
what's not a preference is when you say no Asians. That's called being racist. Period. End of story. What's not a preference is saying no fats. That is not a preference. That is literally being fat phobic and just being a terrible person. Period. End of story. Like, it's shameful how much hate is existing on this app. And people just want to act like that's normal or okay or hide behind calling it a preference. It is not a preference to be a disrespectful person. You can have your preference of like, oh, well, I prefer taller guys. Okay, yeah, that's great. I'd hope that if you met someone who was outstanding but was maybe a little shorter, you'd give them a chance. And odds are you would. But it is unacceptable to utilize discriminatory basis and call it a preference. And it's, I just won't stand for it. Like, I don't care who I make mad at this point. I, I just don't. I'm sick of seeing it. If you are on Grinder and you have some shitty ass bio that says something like that, that is hateful, that is rude, that is disrespectful, that is homophobic, transphobic, fatphobic, whatever, like, Reevaluate yourself, friend. Please and thank you. It's time. It is 2021. It is long overdue. It is a terrible, terrible thing. Like, our community is already a minority group. The last thing we need to do is be turning on each other. We should be here to support each other. And so guess what? Maybe someone will message you that you might not find sexually appealing, right? Because that's the truth. Is There's just some people you're not going to find sexually appealing. That's fine. You don't have to have sex with them. That's the beauty. But to be so bold, like boldly racist or boldly fat phobic, like it just blows my mind. It's not hard to not be a bad person. It's not that hard. Just politely tell someone, hey, I'm not interested. And that's that. It's that simple. All right. I'm getting off the high horse of this because I could talk about that for a whole episode. I think another big con of this app, then we've seen it in news articles and we've heard of it, is that some hateful groups will utilize the app to target LGBTQ people. And so that is the truth about it, which is like some people will purposely stay, you know, anonymous, even if they are out, even if they are okay with being known for being on the app, is because there has been hate crimes that have been organized through Grinder. There's been people who have been, you know, sneaky and strategic enough to utilize Grinder to trick LGBTQ people to meet up at places or go places and then harm them. And so one of the big things that I would say about if you're ever going to hook up in general, even if you're not utilizing this app, is you need to one, always tell someone where you're going. You got to have a friend or even a random person on the internet who has your address. Like someone needs to know where you're at. Like I share my location with my close friends and family. I have no shame. Like my mom has my location. If she sees me somewhere at four in the morning, she kind of just knows like I'm living my life, whatever. But at least someone has my my address. They know where I'm at based off of my phone location. But I tell my best friends like exactly what's happening. Like my roommate out here is one of my really good friends. And I'll be like, hey, girl, I'm going here to do this with this person. And she'll be like, got it. I have your location already. And what's his name? Awesome. Let me see a picture. Cool. Thanks. That's all I need. And it's just a way to be safe because you just don't know. And so just be safe, be smart. And I'd also always suggest trying to meet somewhere that's public first. It's a little harder with the hookup, obviously. Like I said about the guy Ubering me to his hotel. Um, (laughs) 
sometimes you just go to a place that's not public and yeah it happens you know but if you can meet somewhere that's public first always recommend that because then you know if you are sketched you don't like the vibes things are weird you can easily get out of it um and that is that is just one of the cons of being on the app is like you are likely to be targeted or you could be more so targeted i'm not saying that you will be I don't want to scare anyone from it, but that is something that we've seen happen. So it's just being safe and smart. And I think that goes back to best practices, like letting someone know where you're going to go, sending your location, showing someone a picture, telling someone their name, like just make sure that you are being safe and smart. So yeah, I think that pretty much summarizes up Grinder. So we know what it is. We talked about what the profiles look like. We talked about setting up the profile. We walked through kind of like, the culture, what's happening on the app, how it's utilized, and then we dove into really like the pros and cons. Obviously, there's more pros, there's more cons. Everyone has a different experience with this application, etc., etc. I'm sharing from my experience what I've seen, what I've done, what I know of the application, and I hope it helps someone. And if it didn't help you and you think I'm just stupid, that's great too. I still love you. I hope you still love me. And we are going to move on. Something that I suck at doing. <laughs> but we are. We're going to move on. We're going to go right into our listener questions. But before we do that, shameless plug. If you've been around, you know what these are. If you're new, hi, it's me again telling you how much I love you and I need you to do something for me. Little ask. I need you to please download this episode. I need you to like it. I need you to subscribe to the podcast. I need you to share it on social media and tag me. I need you to follow me on Instagram. Oh, Cody. O-H-H-K-O-D-Y. I need you to follow the podcast. Boy talk underscore podcast. I literally need you guys to do that because the only way this show is getting out is because of your support. I don't have money to boost this. And when you guys engage, the show gets pushed to new people and we reach more people in the community who need to hear these messages. So please and thank you. I love you guys so much. The show is only successful because of all the work you do. We're in the top 1% in the world, y'all, because of you. So thank you so much. And let's get back into it. So (laughs) listener questions and stories. I still have yet to get stories i had one um submitted but it doesn't fit this week's episode like at all so i think it's gonna be something that will be shared later um so thank you to my first story submission but if you do have a story let me know anyways questions i get tons of questions which is always really easier because i get asked things all the time so i had a question recently (laughs) it was a little too close to home But basically, it was like, what is the biggest red flag that you and your partner aren't going to work out? And I was like, you know, I suck at this. So should I even be giving any advice on this? Maybe, maybe not. I've, you know, I've ignored a few red flags in my life. I have completely pretended like I didn't see them. But I learned. And the fact that I can sit here and say, well, I did see that red flag, but I ignored it, it means I did. I did see it. So I guess I have seen red flags. <laughs> and I think to make it short and simple, I think the biggest red flag for me that tells me it's time to move on isn't even something they do. It's a feeling that I end up having. And it's this gut feeling of like, this isn't going to end well. 
And if you know the feeling, it's going to resonate with you right now. But if you've ever felt it, you know. And it sucks when you feel it because you can be still madly in love with that person and feel that feeling of, fuck, this isn't going to work long term. Like, it's not going to, no matter how bad I want it to work. And whenever that little red flag feeling comes out, and yeah, it's normally inspired by something they say or do or a series of things they say or do. But when I have that moment, like when that red flag pops out, I've now learned that that is like my first cue to be like, okay, like this isn't going to work. Like it's time to start planning like how this is going to end. Am I going to talk to them and break up? Are we going to try to make it work, et cetera, et cetera. So if you ever feel that feeling and you know in your heart and soul, no matter how in love you are with that person that like this just isn't right, it's not the right time, not the right person, etc. Try to be strong. Um, it's not easy. It's not easy at all to be strong when you know it's ready and it's time to cut it off. But if you can do it first, if you can be the person to be strong and say, hey, this is just not going to work for us. It's not going to work for me. I'm not happy or whatever, the better. Because if you end up staying around longer, it ends up hurting more. And that is where I always mess up because I like to see the good in people. So then I stick around thinking like, we can work on this. We can fix this. We can make this better. We can communicate through it. We can we can make it work. And it just doesn't because if it's not the right person, it's not the right time or it's not the right you know situation, it's not going to work. And that's just how these things work. <laughs> so I hope that helps. And I hope that you can start catching red flags quicker. Other red flags I would say to really look out for is are they weird with money? I've had a lot of exes who uh, were um, weird with money, like either always broke or literally asking to borrow it from me or needing me to front money for them or whatever. That's always a red flag to me because like, where's your money like what is going on you're an adult too like you should be working etc everyone has hard times and if your partner communicates to that to you like healthily like hey babe i'm really in a tough spot right now i can't afford to take you out to dinner or whatever and you want to be like no i can pay for dinner tonight or here's like let me fill up your gas tank you drive us around all the time like that's different than when like someone is just weird with their money another red flag that i would say to look for too is like when they get sketch about social media, like if they like get weird about you posting pictures of them or posting on your story or they won't post you, it's like, I understand, like even me, like I kind of have a rule now that like I won't share photos of a partner until we hit a year mark because I have a social media following now. And like with my last ex that I was public with, like y'all got to meet that person. And then when it didn't work out, it was weird. And, like, going through a breakup publicly is not fun. So, like, I've now decided for me a year is a fair amount. But if they just are super, like, weird about you sharing them or they don't want to be present, that's a red flag to me. Because it's, like, you should be happy to be around me and I should be able to post a photo of you on my story or whatever. Like, I just think it's a red flag. But, yeah, I hope that helps. Let's move into the second question and the last question this week because I am super over time. I talked about Grinder way too long. The final question this week is going to be around, <laughs> oh, I love it so much. Someone asked me, how do anal beads work and why are they a thing? Which I love that phrasing. I just love the why are they a thing? So let's get into it. 
So if you don't know what an anal bead is, it's pretty much the title. It's a strand of beads that are strung together. It's not a real string. It's literally all made of silicon or other safe materials for, you know, sex toys. And you put it into, you know, your butt. And each little, like, bulb goes in. And then you pull it out. And so it simulates, like, that in and out feeling of, like, I don't know if someone, like, puts their tip in or if you put your fingers in or you put your dodo in and then you pull it out really quick. Like, it simulates that feeling. So that's why people do it. And that's what an anal bead is. I've never actually used one. I know. Crazy. I haven't. I haven't yet. I haven't had the experience. I definitely would. I definitely want to try it but i personally haven't haven't used one yet so i can't give you too much info on it besides the basics that it is what it is like it's literally just you know these anal beads they're beads that are strung together connected by other safe materials that can be utilized for their function you put it in and you pull it out and the feeling is stimulating that in out feeling but that's all i got for you because homeboy hasn't been there yet hasn't hasn't been in my uh my list of experiences yet so i will keep you all updated when and if that changes so that is my my advice from the videos i've seen of it i feel like i would definitely use a lot of lube personally on it um but if you just want to raw dog it bestie you live your life i wouldn't i wouldn't promote raw dog in it um just like i wouldn't promote raw dog in any type of thing you need foreplay and you need lube um else you could risk getting ripped or hurt but also live your life. I'm here to support you however you want to live it. And that's my story on anal beads. I hope that made you feel just as happy and excited as it just made me feel. <laughs> oh, all right, y'all. And it is that time of the episode. We talked about Grinder. We talked about me getting in an Uber to a random man's house. We went through red flags. We talked about anal beads. We had a good old time. And I am so glad that you're here. I hope you have a great week. I hope you stay safe. I hope you stay sound. I hope... You and your family are doing well. I hope that you're getting off to school if you're in college or going back to classes. I hope you're staying safe, wearing your mask, getting your vaccines. And I will talk to you next week. Bye, bitches.